Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. We're back here on The Guy Benson Show. Thank you for being here. GuyBensonShow.com. Podcast free every day. Joining us now, Larry Kudlow, host of Fox Business Network's Kudlow. Every day at 4 p.m. Eastern, weekdays, of course, FBN. He's the former director of the National Economic Council under the Trump administration, and we enjoy having him on whenever he's able to join us, including today. Larry, welcome back. Hi, Guy. Thank you. You bet. So I want to start here with the news today on inflation, another terrible number, you know, the worst in 40 years again. I know that there's a lot of blame shift. The White House is trying to put this on Vladimir Putin, and I'm all for blaming Putin for all sorts of things, but not February inflation. That's their talking point here. Give us your sense of the inflation problem, how it affects people, how it affects the economy, and how this White House is trying to deflect responsibility. Well, on that last point, I mean, look, the inflation is spread over everything. I mean, prices are rising everywhere. Food, energy, shelter, housing, apparel, cars, health care, recreation. I mean, you can't pin it on Vladimir Putin. And for that matter, you can't pin it on energy. If you take energy out, Ralph, uh, it's 6.6% for the last 12 months. In fact, if you took gasoline out, it's 6.4%, guy. So 7.9 overall, but I'm just saying... Prices are rising everywhere. And that was last Uh, month. This is a function of too much spending, too many deficits, the Federal Reserve monetizing, accommodating, pumping in the money supply. This has very little to do with Vladimir Putin. Next month, you're going to get the Putin hit in in spades. It'll be a big number. But don't be fooled by that because uh, inflation is widespread and it's going to be very difficult to stop. Ordinary people are going to suffer enormously. Uh, Again, not just um, gasoline and and grocery stores. Everything is rising substantially. We haven't seen this in four decades. And it's going to damage the economy. It's already damaging the economy because the inflation tax is affecting really middle-income folks whose real wages are falling. And that's a big problem. ABC News tweeted earlier today that President Biden is blaming the high inflation rates in part on Russian sanctions, and then they quote him. And here's a quote. Let me read it to you. Responding to the tweet, well, no, these are February numbers and only include a small Russia effect. This is Biden's inflation, and he needs to own it. That is not a quote from Mitch McConnell. That is not a quote from Kevin McCarthy. That is a quote from Stephen Ratner. Larry, of the Obama administration. I mean, this is a truthful thing that he's saying. When you even have Democratic economists who are willing to be honest and saying this is kind of insulting spin, that, I think, is an indicator of how weak and how craven that spin is. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not going to fool anybody. Uh, Ratner's been good on this. Not always, but on this. Larry Summers, same story. Jason Furman, all Democrat economists. And um, Summers and Furman are actually first-rate economists. They're both friends of mine. I mean, look, this story started a year ago. You right. know, the last... Uh, the, the last reading in December of 2020 for the 12-month change was 2%. So this has been building for over a year, way before Putin. And really, energy prices have been rising for over a year. And that's a function of the fact that Biden's gone to war with oil and gas producers. Yeah, I actually want to come back to the energy stuff, because I think the energy thing is a huge debate that we're having right now. We will return to that in a second. But before we do that... I just want to follow up because you mentioned Larry Summers and how far back this problem is in terms of the roots of it. And when it first started to emerge, I remember back then, it's not that long ago, but we all remember that Summers actually wrote some op-eds and went out and gave interviews and was warning about all of this spending, warning about inflation. And at the time, and this was for quite a while, the White House was extremely dismissive of his concerns. He was attacked by a bunch of progressives saying, oh, this is hysteria. The talking point for a while there was, oh, it'll be transitory. What does he know? They finally retired transitory a couple months ago. But I wonder at some point, is there vindication within the center-left coalition for guys like Ratner and especially Summers, who were sounding this alarm for a while, to be ignored at every turn until it was too late, basically? Yeah, well, it's too late now, but... Unfortunately for for Summers and those guys, it's a progressive Democratic Party. It's a progressive left Democratic Party. I mean, look, you know, Biden hasn't relented. Even the State of the Union, he tried to sell his massive social spending package, mm-hmm. which would have put another $5 trillion into circulation. So my point is those guys are right. I give them credit. Um thanking them for joining us on the conservative side who complained about deficit spending and money creation. But the Democratic Party is not their Democratic Party. That's unfortunate, by the way, but that's the case. And, uh, you know, this is a a year-long problem. And I can just tell you, Guy, it's going to be very difficult to stop this, very difficult. It's going to take several years there's going to be a lot of pain in the economy. Years. And, and several years to get rid of this inflation. The target by the Fed is 2%. The question is, in my lifetime, will we ever see 2% inflation again? That's an important question. And it will not end well. It will end in a recession. Uh, I don't know that that will happen this year. But 23 and 24 are pretty good recession target years. Well, that's very disconcerting. What could be done? I mean, setting aside the don't make it worse with a bunch of new spending, and I'm glad you mentioned Build Back Better. He didn't call it that in the State of the Union address, but he was sort of enumerating a bunch of the big ticket items again, saying these are the things that we have to do, and he was treating them as if they were solutions to the inflation issue, which was pretty wild. I was imagining you in your living room somewhere watching the TV shouting, save America, kill the bill, because he was trying to revive it there, Larry. Well, (laughs) aside from aside from, let's say, saving America and killing the bill and making sure it's still dead, which hopefully it is, and not making problems worse with all this indiscriminate, wasteful spending. 
are there proactive steps that could be taken to mitigate this problem uh, or at least bring it down or, or, or not create a multi-year pain fest for the American people involving inflation? Well, it may be too late for avoiding pain. But look, the solution here is relatively simple. Number one, pause the spending. Stop spending, particularly deficit spending, because that brings the Federal Reserve into creating a huge money supply increase, which they have not stopped, by the way. Number two, um, you should deregulate. They've got to stop this regulatory octopus that is strangling the economy and most especially strangling the uh, energy sector, the oil and gas sector. And, and by the way, just for the heck of it, number three, cut taxes. I mean, I'm giving you a Reagan solution. When I worked for Reagan in his budget office many, many, many years ago, I mean, his he inherited a much worse situation. It was 10 or 12 years in the making. This is just one year in the making. But he basically had a program. He told Paul Volcker to strengthen the dollar, cut back on the money supply. He cut taxes, and he deregulated. Uh, for example, he decontrolled the price of oil, and um, he cut corporate taxes. So we had a tremendous increase in oil and gas supplies, and the price of oil fell from $40 uh, in those days down to $10. So those are three things they should do. Pause the spending, deregulate, lower tax rates. Now, you can see how far away that is from today's progressive Democratic Party policies. Yeah, it just feels like none of those things are going to happen so long as the Democrats are running the show. And because you mentioned in that answer, in passing, oil and energy, that's my last subject here for you. The attempts at the White House to pretend now like they are not doing anything to hamper domestic production, and that's all a lie made up by Republicans, and really it's Putin's fault, it's really the oil company's fault, the oil companies just won't drill enough even though they have permission to. Uh, I'm sorry, but I remember all the rhetoric of this guy on the campaign trail. President Trump would play montages of Biden's comments at his campaign rallies in places like Pennsylvania, saying this guy is hostile to fracking, hostile to domestic oil, hostile to coal, all these things. And he hammered him on it. Biden was promising the opposite of what the White House is now sort of pretending that their policy is. And this goes back to the spin on inflation. Is anyone actually buying the things that they're saying? Well, <laughs> I think the public is in full revolt against this, you know, radical climate change, Green New Deal stuff. I mean, look, instead of instead of uh, negotiating with Iran or or Venezuela, right. Biden should have a he should have a special envoy to Midland, Texas, and meet the oil and gas business because they're ready to help. But the problem is, as I said before, it's this regulatory octopus that's strangling. Uh, the fossil fuel industry. And it's true they have a lot of leases on federal lands, although that's really a complicated distraction. Here's what's stopping right now. You have the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, will not allow a new pipeline. The Interior Department and the Energy Department have come up with crazy metrics called the social cost of carbon, which raises the price prohibitively, and they're using that as an excuse to stop drilling 
and pipelining guy on private lands. This is the point I want to make. It's not just about federal leasing. Private lands are the bulk of our uh, drilling and fracking and so forth. But they're coming up with these crazy new metrics, the social cost of carbon, which has absolutely no basis in anybody's right mind. Okay, they're going back several centuries to look at stuff and make these crazy assumptions. But they are using the uh, NEPA permitting. They're using the clean water. They're using the endangered species to stop drilling permits on private lands. And that is a remarkable development. By the way, Obama never pulled this sort of thing. The fracking on private lands were left alone by the Obama people years back. So they have put a regulatory stranglehold. And until that's lifted, you're not going to get the kind of oil production and oil and gas delivery uh, that we need. That includes, by the way, LNG exports to Europe, which has also been strangled by this. And that's the way you're going to fight Putin for national security. But that's the way you're going to help ordinary Americans, because the global price of oil will come down if they loosen the regulatory stranglehold. And as soon as the world price of oil comes down, the price of the pump comes down. The two are absolutely 100 percent correlated. Larry Kudlow, host of FBN's Kudlow, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern. He was the director of the National Economic Council under President Trump. Larry, always enjoy your insights. Thanks so much for making some time today. All right, guys. Hope to see you soon. Thanks very much. Will do. We'll see you on the TV side, I'm sure, in the coming days. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.